This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as FA. FA is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one FA member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent FA as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about FA, we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the FA program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. Hello. Welcome to this qualification meeting. I am a food addict from Washington, D.C., and I'm your leader for this hour. After a moment of silence, will you please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay. Okay, I will try not to say my name. <laughs> um, so I, I do want to say this is 2019, June of 2019, or May of 2019, because um, I think that would be helpful. Um, so I came into this program in 2009, and I had to wait to lose. I was 202.6 pounds when I came in. I came in at age 30, and I am going to be 40 this year in June. Um, so I, I'm growing up in this program, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. I like to joke, but I'm not really joking, that I'm 12 going on 40 because I, oh man, I am really young in a lot of ways, or emotionally immature, as I've been told. Um, so I came in and overweight, but really I came in crazy. I felt crazy. I felt like my life, it was unraveling. I guess now in the language of program, I would say my life was unmanageable, and is still, but better than it used to be. And my disease is very much characterized by one of obsession. So when I, so I was born in Nigeria and I lived there till I was 15 years old. And for me, I really, I wasn't somebody who did a lot of binging and a lot of like a huge amount of overeating when I was young. And I think that's just simply circumstance because I've definitely been obsessed with food since I was a child. But I didn't have access to a lot of flour, sugar foods, a lot of you know crazy, junky foods like I wanted to have access to. I had meals, and when we did have snacks, and the meals were fine, I was definitely not hungry, but when we did have snacks, it wasn't crazy. Like, um, you know, I've heard people share they're eating whole sleeves of things and whole boxes of that, and I would have gotten beat. Look, you do not do that. Um, so, and, you know, my dad, he would come and visit. My parents are, um, were and are still married, and my mom was in Nigeria with us, and my dad was in the U.S., and he would come visit, and he would bring American stuff, like fruit and stuff, nothing like crazy, but I was so excited about the American food. I would go in the fridge and look at it and like stare at it, like, and just like, I was so, food was like, it was very like 
um, what's the word? Sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. I usually use my hands. So <laughs> sparkle, okay, really like lit me up. And the thought of eating just, you know, made me happy. And I would look forward to Sundays because we had this certain protein on Sundays. And then I said I was going to marry a protein. I did say that. And like, <laughs> it's funny now, but I don't know that it occurred to me as a child that I was supposed to marry a person. You know, I... I you know, so, um, but I was going to marry this protein, but I was, you know, loved this other protein. It was a whole thing with me and food. Um, so, and then, and one day my mom was so like, I guess she was so upset or so something with me and the food. She was like, you're going to eat this protein, which was like for a family by yourself. And I was a kid. So of course I did not finish it, but I remember like, being mad because I had to, you know, not eat it all because I couldn't finish it. And then I, my brothers ate the rest of it. And then the next day I was mad because I wanted some more of that protein. Um, so yeah, me and the food. And then there was also me and the fear. I knew I had fear from a young age. I, I, I knew that's what it was. Doubt, and insecurity I learned about really in this program, but fear, oh man, I was afraid of the dark. And in Nigeria, the electricity was spotty, and so there would be many nights that it was dark. And I was just so afraid, and it was hot, and I was like, oh, afraid of, afraid. And I would um, go to my mom's room, and because my dad was in the US, and I would sleep on her bed way past the age that I should have been doing that. And I just was so afraid. And I remember throwing tantrums when she would ask me to go upstairs and get her purse. And I would, like, jump up and fall on the floor and just be really, because I was afraid. I was afraid to go up there by myself. And I had the, they would tell us these stories about, like, you know, spirits and ghosts and, like, you know, all this stuff. And I... We had this kind of monster called like a mommy water and it would come and get me. And I just was like, oh my God. And I kind of believe that stuff. I really, you know, and there's a lot of occult stuff going on in Nigeria. So who knows? But I believed it. I believed it. So anyway, um, so I had all of that going on. And, but to be honest, I don't remember a lot of my childhood. I don't remember much. I remember the food or being obsessed with food. I remember the fear. Um, and I remember things like I loved my grandmother, and I do miss her. She passed away um, in 2007. And I do remember sitting on her knee, and then when she would come, she would make this certain food that she only made for herself and for me. So I remember those memories. And then I remember, like, my mom baking flour sugar products. Like, not much, not often, but sometimes. And I remember the bowl she'd bake them in or, like, so things like that, that's the stuff I remember. Um, but anyway, so I, when, I, when I was 15, I went to, um, I moved to the United States. So I moved to New Hampshire for boarding school. And so I was finally away from my mother. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to say was that my mom watched me like a hawk with the food because I was so into it and obsessed. And she is not a food addict. So I don't think she understood what my deal was with the food, but she really watched me. Um, cause I was not, I was not 
fat, but I wasn't really, like I was more straight up and down. So I did have some body issues. I wanted to be curved, like I wanted to have a waist and I was obsessed with the shape of the hourglass and I wanted like to have boobs and my, I was flat and I was like, my stomach should go up. Like I was just obsessed with my body. And so I remember that and I would watch other girls and they had the right body and I did not have the right body and all of that was going on. So when I moved to America, I really had access to the food I wanted and I was in boarding school so I was away from my mom and then then I started eating (laughs) and I you know I was at boarding school it was really fun we worked really hard I loved it not so much the work but I was good at school I am good at school and I loved the eating and the camaraderie and it was just really great and there was a lot of eating that happened and when I first went back home not Nigeria, to New York to see my parents, I remember my mom, like, to me, she seemed horrified about the way I looked. And I think I internalized that. I turned it into something like, I don't know, she doesn't love me or something. I I don't know. But I remember, like, our relationship got even worse. Um, And and I had a lot of anger and rebellion. And it's funny because I wanted to be thin too, but I didn't want her to want me to be thin, like, you know, or I wanted her to like support me and be nice about it as opposed to like, what are we gonna do about your stomach? Like, uh, you know, and so it did not feel good. Um, and she was a skinny person and then she would, was in league with my brother and they were skinny people. And I just, my brother would try to encourage me very emphatically to run and my mom would be like did you do your exercise tape and all that stuff and it just I I I didn't I don't know I didn't do well because it's not like it made me exercise it just made me angry but I did want to be thin I did but I just didn't have the willpower the whatever to really do it um and I definitely did not want to stop eating definitely did not so Anyway, so I, um, so I didn't lose weight. <laughs> I uh, gained a bunch of weight in high school because I went to high school twice. So I gained a bunch of weight in a high school in America. And then when I went to college, I did start to lose weight. But that was like more by default because I picked up alcohol. So I'm, a, you know, I'm an addict. I, food was the first, but alcohol and drugs came later. And I picked up alcohol and... I I lost some weight because I was in my 20s and I started working out with a friend of mine and it was like a buddy thing that we did and I started eating healthier. So I did lose some weight. I tried a bit of weight actually, but I was insane. You know, I really, really appreciate the phrase, thin is not well, because I was not well. For that hot second that I was thin, um, or year, I was not well. Um, Actually, that was a really insane year. I think it was my sophomore year, or freshman into sophomore year, whatever. But I, so I picked up alcohol, I picked up drugs, and I'm grateful that I didn't, I think my upbringing and my mom and my dad acted as some sort sort of a buffer for me, because I really am very self-destructive, but there are some drugs I did not do, like heroin. Um, granted, I do not know if somebody was shoving it in my face if I would if I would have tried it. I don't know, but it wasn't being shoved in my face. I knew people that did heroin, but I was just like, uh, 
I won't come back from that. And then I would, I didn't, I felt like my parents would kill me. So, <laughs> um, so I didn't do stuff like that, but I did other drugs. I did, um, and then I drank a lot. And then after, you know, when I was hungover, there was always the food to soak up the alcohol. Um, I was not that, I am an alcoholic, but I'm not that alcoholic that was ever going to lose 30 pounds because all they were doing was drinking and drugs. Like, I always had to eat. Um, and, they, you know, so it was the food and alcohol, and then sometimes alcohol first, then food, but they really worked in tandem. So, and I think, because sometimes I think about why I didn't eat as much as I could have, because the size, how much, the size of my disease I think I should have been heavier, but I think only it's because I had alcohol, honestly. Um, and I would have moments later in my life when I would put down the alcohol and then I would pick up food even more and feel justified like, well, I'm not drinking, so therefore I needed something. I needed something because the alternative was to cope with life and I didn't know how to cope with life. I couldn't do it. So anyway, so college was rough. I. It was rough and it was a lot of fun, but it was also rough because I was growing, well, I was supposed to be growing up and I did not know what to do with myself. Like I wanted to be a singer, I wanted to sing, but I was afraid and I was getting, getting some negative feedback around my singing from around pursuing a music career. My voice teacher was supportive, but not so much the music department and I just am somebody who does not have an internal rudder or an internal sense of self or an internal sense of I'm okay. Like, I am not okay. Like, I'm not. Like, without this program, like, without my higher power, I can't do life. Um, so I really, like, I really was just not okay. And I was like, okay, well, I was doing music and pre-med because I wanted to please my parents. <laughs> Poor me. And then I got like a D in organic chemistry, which is really hard. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm not going to do the pre-med. And then my brother was like, well, you like to argue. Why don't you go to law school? I was like, okay, I like to argue. So <laughs> again, no internal sense because as a kid, I was like, I, I don't want to be a lawyer. I never want to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a, a model, an actress, and a flight attendant, but I did not want to be a model. <laughs> I mean, I did not want to be a lawyer, but I ended up in law school, you know, and, but the gift for me was that law school brought me to Washington, D.C., which is where I found program, and in law school in 2001, I felt like it was one big food and alcohol binge. Um, I, you know, I, I had, um, so I had lost some weight in college, but then I was picking the weight back up. And in law school, I had put down quite a few of the drugs because, you know, you're not supposed to do, be doing that in law school. I did one drug, marijuana, but I put down most of the hard drugs, but I was still eating a lot and drinking. And, um, and then the other piece I do need to talk about was in college, my sexuality began to come up. I was, I was like, I started to see that I had an attraction to women, which I didn't. I had a really weird view of it because I was like, well, America did this to me because Nigerians are not gay. Um, <laughs> and it, that did not come from me. It came from outside of me, but I kind of internalized that. But 
but at the same time, I was like, well, I'm bisexual. And, you know, it was just, I was confused, but I was exploring, but I was dating, I was, well, I was hooking up with men, and it was just, but I think part of me kind of knew that this was more than just an experiment, but I thought that when I get into the real world, like the school I went to was a liberal arts college, very gay-friendly, very um, supportive, but I was like, well, America's doing this to me, it's because of this school, when I go into, when I graduate college, I will come into the real world and become straight. Um, That did not happen, so... I, you know, when I went to law school, you know, my sexuality was still there, and the other piece that had happened in addition to my sexuality was my career. So I was in law school, but I still wanted to be a singer. I still wanted to sing. So I guess the compromise was that I would be a lawyer and a singer in my head. But I don't live in reality, um, and I I did not have experiences that helped me be in reality because I went from Nigeria to boarding school to college to law school. There was no real let me be in the world. So I was in fantasy about this whole lawyer, opera singer thing, but whatever. I was trying to do that. So anyway, in law school and I was eating and being very promiscuous with guys, which is, you know, I was into women, but promiscuous with guys, whatever. So I was just all over the place, but I was doing really unhealthy things like meeting a guy at the bar and like, and actually I did do some more drugs because I picked up pills and I was mixing them with alcohol and, um, and of course the food was always there. Um, and for my fear down insecurity, I don't really remember, you know, I just know that I was not healthy. I was not well. The things I was doing, the ways I was acting out, I was not well. I was not. So um, it certainly hadn't gotten better. My fear, doubt, insecurity got worse, especially around my fears about my sexuality and around my my career, what I was going to do with my life. And um, then anyway, when I... So in law school, um, as I continued on, I did some stuff that I, I did some tr- a transformational program, which I'm grateful for because it helped me, I think, be more open to FA when I came into FA eventually. But I did a transformational program, and most of my, my transformation was all about, oh, how do I pursue music? Like, I was doing a lot of singing, but I was in law school. What do I do? All this stuff. And so I eventually redirected my life and went back to get a second bachelor's degree in music. And I did it in a very addict way. This is why I say I'm immature, because I didn't like work and then save a bunch of money and then go back to school and work. You know, I was just like loans, 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 because one day I was going to get rescued in my head. You know, my princess or prince, because I wasn't sure, would come and rescue me. Um, And so I got more loans and I got into more debt. And I remember being asked... I got a small scholarship, and I remember being asked by the scholarship committee, so how are you going to pay for this? And they said it with such concern because I was over $150,000 in loans from law school. And I remember being offended. Like, how dare they ask me that? Um, Because I couldn't deal with the reality of I was responsible for this stuff. But anyway, I went, I got my music degree, and I was doing well with that part. Of course, I had no idea about how to 
pursue a music career, but I was, again, back in school, which was my favorite thing, because school was all about the bubble. You know, I'm not really in reality, so um, I could use school. I really can. So anyway, um, and then the, my sexuality piece really started to come up because I started to see I'm not getting straighter. I'm getting gayer. Like, I, you know, and it sounds so funny looking back, but really I just, my attraction to women wasn't going away. And I knew, like, I didn't want to be with men. I wanted to be with women. But the truth is I didn't want to come out to my parents because I was so afraid of their reaction. And then back to the Nigerian piece, I was like, I can be Nigerian and I can be gay, but I cannot be both. And that almost tore me apart, the fact that I was both. I am both. Like, this is reality. So anyway, um, I was really having a lot of fear again. I was gaining weight. Um, I, I had been doing some diets. Thank you. I had been doing some diets. I did weight. Mm, I did... Um, a commercial <laughs> diet. I did a commercial diet, um, which I did not. I did it for a little bit, and I lost a bit of weight, but I couldn't stick to it. I really couldn't. And then I did another commercial diet, and I just couldn't stick to these programs because they wanted me to stop eating, but they weren't giving me anything else. Like, I'm a food addict. Like, I can't just stop eating. And then what? And then what? Um, so... These programs weren't, you know, helping me because they were diets. They were just treating the symptom. So, so I was gaining weight, and then um, when I finally came out to one of my brothers, he took it really badly, and really badly. He was like, get out of this family. Like, he lost his mind, and I internalized that. And then um, I shut down again, and I started dating this guy, even though I said I was bisexual, but I was dating this guy. But in the end, fast forward, we dated off and on for four and a half years, and I brought him home to my parents, and it was my own father who was like, there's no passion in this relationship. And in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm missing. I need to go back to dating women. Like, that was my thought process. And that was it. That was it. You know, we broke up, and I needed to stop li- I stopped lying to myself. Well, I became more honest with myself. I think I still had some denial. But anyway, but that's when, and then I came out to my brothers again. They took it really badly again. And that was in 2009 because, and that's when my fear went out of control. So my disease of fear, like I feel it in my body. Like I feel it in my body. I feel it in my stomach. And I also comes out in my sleep. I was um, not sleeping for several hours. I was not sleeping more than a few hours each night. I was having suicidal thinking. I really was just like, I'm in th- yeah, I was turning 30, and I just didn't know how I was going to make it to 35, 40, 50. Like, I just didn't know how I was supposed to, like, live my life, and, and I couldn't. I couldn't. And, of course, I did not. I was not secure enough. I was not secure enough in myself to know that I'll be okay. Like, no matter what, whether my family rejects me or not, I'll be okay. I wasn't able to see that. And then my brothers did not help. They were like, you're going to kill our mom. She's going to die. And it was very dramatic. Nobody died. But 
I believed that. I believed that because I also was part of that drama and that fear. Um, so anyway, eventually, um, I was dating somebody, and I this is coming to you know how I found program. I was dating somebody, and she told me about program. And you know we only dated for two months. I think God just really used her to help me. And I got to see, I got to see her eat. I got to just watch that. And I'm so grateful because I got like an inside view before coming to a meeting. And then she asked me to come to a meeting to support her, which is what I needed. And I'm so grateful she wasn't like, you're fat, come to a meeting. (laughs) Um, I was fat. You know, this was 2009. So I was 202.6 pounds by the time I came in. But, um, um, I came to a meeting, and then I watched people share. And the first thing was that was really attractive to somebody like me was people shared about not only about losing weight and keeping it up, which was awesome, but what, what I heard or what – actually, it was that lady that told me. She said, you're not going to want the food anymore. And for me, whose food disease is all about obsession, I was like, how is that possible? How is that possible? And so I came to a meeting to support her, and I heard people share about the fear, the doubt, the insecurity. They started sharing things that were in my head. And I was like, how do they know what's going on with me? Because I was like, how am I a food addict? You know, I was like size 15, 16 at this point, but I was like, I'm cute, you know, how am I a food addict? And I just thought food addicts were people who were really, really overweight, and I, I didn't know. Um, but I did know that I identified a lot with what people were, um, what people were sharing. So anyway... So eventually that girl that I was dating broke up with me, which was a gift because I needed that final push because I realized that I can't do relationships. I can definitely cannot do lesbian relationships with another woman. The level of intimacy and honesty, I could not do it. So she broke up with me and that was like my uncle moment. I was like, uncle, I am done with myself. I think... I'm somebody who wanted to start, stop digging. I think I have several more bottoms in me, but I, I looked and I was like, I, I'm done, I'm done. I have a very low threshold for pain. I, I was like, I'm done. So I went to a meeting again and I started going. I went for a couple of weeks and I got a sponsor. And uh, <laughs> oh man, God bless me. And the day before I started program. So I started program August 10th, 2009. That was my first abstinent day. Thank you, God. I remember the gloves came up, came off. So I ate, I drank, I ate some more, I smoked weed, I smoked cigarettes. If there was Coke, I would have snorted it. Like the gloves came off. And I got to see who I really was for that one day. Um, And I'm grateful I did call my sponsor the next day. And I had eaten so much, the food was, like, up in my chest. Like, I could feel it. My throat was hoarse. I was like, hello, you know. I'm so grateful. But I got started. And and I really jumped in. And I didn't feel 
like, oh, I wanted to jump in. I, my head was like, what is this? These people are weird. What's going on? They read, they speak in, you know, in unison. What is happening? Um, but my body was doing the do. And that's what I love about this program. It's literally like, just do it. So, because I knew if I want to mess, I can do mess on my own. Okay, I can do mess. I did great job at mess. But I wanted something different. And these people had something. I wasn't sure. You know, um, I don't even know that I was like, I want what she had with my sponsor. But she was thin. I was like, I'm fat. So, so I can start there. But my first week of abstinence, even though, you know, I was still fat, I started to feel peace in my head. And that was like a miracle. Like any time, like just feeling some of the racing thoughts die down, the thinking, 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 constant comparing myself to other people, the grass is greener on the other side, my obsession with the whole world revolving around me, the weather was about me. Like I lived in the United States. The weather is schizophrenic. You know, I come from Nigeria, it's hot. It's wet or it's dry, you know, and it's hot. <laughs> and I made the weather about myself. Like, why? I know I have to go somewhere. Why is it raining? I made it about myself, an excuse to hurt myself, to eat, to whatever. And so that stuff started to get better right away. Um, and then I um, lost the weight. And um, I've never, I gave away 60 pounds, or oh, 62 pounds in this program give or take the week, some days, some weeks is 60 pounds. And um, I start, and I feel better. I feel better. I have a higher power today. And I'm still, that relationship is still growing. Um, I have a hard time with knowing that there's something that's there for me and loves me and is okay with me. And because of that, I'm okay. I really struggle with that. It's been coming up lately. Oh, my feeling of not being okay and I can't do it, it being life. But today, I don't have to freak out. I can just turn to my higher power and sit in quiet time and call people. And I have a family here. I have people that tell me they love me and they're there for me and they know me and um, they laugh. <laughs> when I tell them about stuff, you know, and because they can relate, not because they're laughing at me, they can relate. Um, I, when I tell my, so I just tell the story real quick about me and working. So in recovery, in recovery, I was fired from a job because I told my boss I didn't want to do something and I didn't do it. So, and I didn't do it. I didn't, this didn't happen one time. It like, I just didn't do it. I didn't do my job. And I was fired. And I was talking to my sponsor, and she was like, yeah, you're not supposed to say that. I was like, really? You're not supposed to say that? And I tell that story because, again, I am I'm a child, and I need people to tell me these things, you know? But anyway, my partner, like, I have a partner today, and she, when I tell her that story, she's like, wow, that's something she knew intuitively. I, I didn't know that. I need this program to tell me these things. So, yeah. And when I was fired and I was on, on unemployment, I needed my sponsor to be like, why are you always talking about your girlfriend? You need a job. Get a job. Like, 
I still need that. I still need that. So I'm still a princess that doesn't need to work, except I, I have to work. So anyway, so this program saves my life. I came out to my parents. Well, no. My brothers outed me after my first AWOL. And as predicted, my parents took it terribly. And they wrote me this letter, and they disowned me. And it was crazy. And then I, you know, it got better, and then I visited them, and then they threw me out of the house, and my brother threatened to kill me. It was bad. But you know what? I didn't eat, and I prayed for them. And it's not like things with my family. Like, hey, hey, hey. But they are so much better. Like that brother that threatened to kill me in 2012, like we spoke the other day. I was just like, I'm so proud of you for what you did. Like I'm, he's become inclusive of me and my, and my girlfriend. Like he's like, I appreciate you. I'm like, I appreciate you. Like, wow. And, um, and then my other brother I, I, that I had a, not a good relationship with, that he thought I was going to kill my mother. We have a great relationship. And he's like, you need to help mom. I'm like, what? So I just get to see the gifts. You know, I have a partner. We've been together six years. Like, she's African. We are, like, African lesbians. Like, that is, like, amazing. Another African who's also a lesbian. Amazing. So, and that's what I wanted. And God gave me that gift. And, you know, we, we have our struggles, but we're still together, you know. And, and because of this program, I can practice honesty and kindness and intimacy and um thank you god you know i have a job <laughs> i have a job today you know i'm still singing it's not in singing but it is a job that is supporting my singing and um well it was supporting my singing well it's supporting my singing financially but i don't know that it's supporting my recovery anymore so i i think i need to move on but i do know i'm not gonna quit before i have another job something i learned here um because I would have, I would be like, this job is stressing me out. And I would have tried to quit. And I, I, I can't do that. I don't do that today. So I'm practicing being an adult. Um, and I'm really, really grateful. Like, um, and so I just, you know, if anybody's listening, I just really encourage you to just keep showing up. This program is miraculous. And I'm still seeing the miracles, like, day by day. You know, some days I get all like, oh, I, I don't want to do this. But... This program is changing my life. And things are better with my parents. And, you know, they've met my girlfriend, which is great. And, you know, when my mom criticizes, like, I have moments where I can just be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I can't do that often. But the fact that I'm even doing that, I hated my mother. I really did. In recovery, you know, in recovery. So the fact that I can say, oh, okay, and tell her that I love her and, you know, encourage her to get some rest is a miracle. You know, it's a miracle. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really grateful. Um, I'm really grateful. This program has changed my life. It has saved my life. And it's helping me, me, helping me be more of a person. So thank you. Okay, please join me in a moment of silence and the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity 
to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.